In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. When he was in the house, he asked his disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they'd argued about who was the greatest. Mark 9, verse 33 to 34. Well, we all have children, don't we? And I know we can relate closely with what's going on here. Our culture tells us that in order to succeed, we've got to push our way to the top. We've got to become great in the eyes of our co-workers, friends, family, the greatest in a secular way, the trappings of earthly success. This is not the way God measures success or greatness. God's more concerned about our character than about the knowledge we possess or the outward success we make of our lives. Why do we fight and quarrel amongst ourselves? Because we do. We don't really grow out of the competitiveness we felt as children with our siblings, do we? Jockeying for positions of favour with our parents. My children have this running joke, even as young adults. They all call themselves the favourite child. When I asked my oldest son why he should be allowed to use my car when he decides he doesn't have enough gas one day, he says, because I'm the favourite child. When my youngest daughter was particularly homesick for America during our year in England, her siblings would say, don't complain, you're the favourite child. You're fulfilling your dream and living in England. When we made a fuss of our school teacher child in Corpus, she bragged to her siblings that she was the favourite child because of being the first of the four to host her parents in her apartment. Our second son was the favourite because he got to go to Dublin in the Guinness factory when he visited us abroad. In essence, they're all favourite children. Doesn't God feel this way about us? Even if we don't think we're doing well personally, let's stop comparing ourselves to one another. Let's remember, he chose us. There's no greatest with God. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. My guests this week are a couple of homeschool mums who, despite being inordinately busy, have started a very successful podcast with all kinds of bells and whistles. Stay with me and meet Tina Smith and Becky Tetrault later on in the show. I've had a busy week with the Dale Chihuly's glass exhibit, a couple of bird shows at the State Fair of Texas, a special birthday celebration, and a bit of a disappointment. But curveballs aside, let's enjoy the moment and have a cup of tea for our elevenses together with a biscuit or two, while I throw some ideas at you in the spirit of homeschooling, which I never once regretted. Did I say never? When I was considering homeschooling, There were moments I wondered whether I'd be drawn to mouth words at my blue-eyed cowboy like, who taught her? Or where did he go to school? But I'm happy to report it never happened. Well, at least 
it never happened until this past weekend. We had a family dinner. These have been occurring unplanned about once a week, usually on a Sunday since my boys moved out with their hunting gear and loincloths. I suspect what really happens is not so much wanting to catch up with the parentals than running out of clean office attire and deciding to grab a bite to eat while they're washing clothes at the home laundromat. With the youngest daughters in attendance, this usually yields some lively conversation as they all want to talk about themselves and do so simultaneously. We provide a safe, non-judgmental forum for them to air their opinions, no matter how radical they are. I'm a good homeschooling mum. I encourage and live a non-conventional lifestyle, but there are times when I think, hey, steady on there, as their ideas rush helter-skelter through my living room, leading them God only knows where. I'm usually able to connect to my early 20s and relate to their madcap ideas, but this week, for the first time, doubt as to their sanity peeked over the edge of reason. Mentally, I thumbed through my book to find a solution I may have suggested to my potential readers during the Stone Age. All I could find was the thought, how quickly could I dig myself a hole? The conversation was particularly volatile, spurred on a bit by a disconnect by one of the family members who'd appeared to have been left behind on a few important news items over the last several months, not least the internment of my parents' ashes in our beloved churchyard in England, the falling through of the sale of the flat, and the decision to enter a state of semi-retirement by the two oldest members of the gathering. It was obvious to me that here was a soul who lived in his head on the outer edges of the world, absorbing only that which directly benefited him until such a time as he could leave it all behind and become self-sufficient on his own inconsistent terms, as I found out while I listened. Denial was its name, and it was vehemently denied. I suggested before the conversation deteriorated into anger that they all be the change they wanted to see. This, of course, meant voting mindfully, but hang on a minute, we're not talking about politics, we're talking about self. Work takes all the fun out of life, came from out of left field. Discontentment with jobs and thoughtless managers was a prevailing complaint in our house, and I could see that work eats into our personal time, especially when you don't enjoy what you're doing, but so far all my children are working in their fields, plus work's a necessity when you live in America and want to make plans for the future. But I'm not defending why my blue-eyed cowboy and I worked and saved and worked and saved and worked and homeschooled. Why do we need money, continued this train of thought, and was inconsistent coming from a group of people who love the good things in life. Let me think back to the history, social studies, and economics we covered. Surely we read about civilizations bartering and trading, all indicators of a healthy world. A documentary about the Papua New Guinea Indians came under discussion. This tribe has no contact with the outside world. Their existence is peaceful, fruitful, and healthy, and they don't have any money or war or stress, I was told. I couldn't comment. I had not studied these particular Indians. Sounded like a good life, but really? No family feuds at all? No Aunt Ethel's whispering, did you see? Or Uncle Joe's embarrassing the heck out of the cousins when he overindulged at a family get-together? And then... Who says Western civilization is better than third world? I racked my brain to come up with one thing I could think of that made Western civilization better, in my opinion, and came up with running water, fresh running water, an abundance of it, too, for showering, laundering, drinking, cooking, flushing, and watering. 
I suggested they needed to live in a third world country for a while before making such sweeping statements that spotlighted my inability to teach them well enough in their formative years. I'd lived in the Middle East. I knew firsthand about privation. All my children could do was take a smattering of their American lives and a spoonful of imagination and apply it to how they thought living in a village in China would be like. And then, of course, if they went to do it, they'd have their holiday funds and money to dip into, wouldn't they? But where's the running water? One of my sons had lived in a Chinese village while on a mission trip, and he was beginning to agree with me. Life outside America and Western culture was best experienced before sweeping statements could be made. The discussion was now reaching the ridiculous level with self-sufficiency and not working, being mixed in with buying food at a grocery store and using hospitals in an emergency situation. Other members of the family wanted to talk about themselves and had broken off into groups to hold whispered ego sessions. I was reminded of some of the ideals my generation had growing up in the late 70s and 80s. I also marveled at the pure ignorance being displayed by those I had taught, none too shabbily, I might add, and who'd graduated with degrees from reputable colleges. Who taught her? And did, you, did he ever read a book? Was being mouthed by me at my cowboy. Then I had a sobering thought. It wasn't only me who had slipped up on the education of my offspring. They had gone to college too. Perhaps it had nothing to do with the teachers or the subject matter at all. Perhaps it was more about what was going on in their heads while I and my colleagues in education beat our heads against a brick wall. So today, on the brink of election time, we're all poo-pooing our candidates, but our country has a solid infrastructure so that we can take advantage of good roads, free public education, even if we do homeschool, sound laws, enforcement agencies, medical care, and guess what? Freedoms, especially the freedom to worship and the freedom to choose how we educate our own. And like all families and remote tribes, I suspect, our government is dysfunctional. But as a nation, we're leaders, we're powers, we're privileged. That's the hardest thing for our young people, the concept of privilege over entitlement. Let me take a look at my index here. Hmm. Did I ever teach on the benefits of entitlement? We're all privileged to vote. There are research tools all over the Internet, on the radio and the television to help us with our choices. And just in case, I sent out a few links because, you know, I still homeschool even though they've left. Running away, turning your back, ignoring the issues won't get you the world you want to see for you or your children. God doesn't want us to run away. He wants us to be good stewards of the earth and our world. Perhaps I didn't do such a bad job after all. Perhaps all this free thinking exploding out of the box helps us to clear our minds, straighten up and fly right. And as a final observation, further confusion arose when I was quizzed about my rights as a British citizen. And that's a whole new ball game called the welfare state. Quidditch, anyone? Is it safe for me to climb out of my hole yet? And remind me again, where did they go to school? It was my oldest son's 20-somethings birthday on Wednesday. He asked us to take him out for breakfast, which we did. Not the best huevos rancheros in the world, but the company was fine. He came home for his presence and enlisted his father's help with rotating the tires on his car. That's what dads are for, right? I made him his new favorite Bakewell cake, which he took home in tagged. He said it was delicious and he's cutting into thin. 
slice it so it lasts a long time, well, at least longer than a day. And the weather cooled down a bit, but then it heated up a bit. And a friend and I went to the Arboretum to see Dale Chihuly's glassworks exhibit. It was beautiful. All this glass amid all the flowers in their well-tended beds. It was floating on ponds in boats. They placed it as boulders in streams and in front of waterfalls. So it was a beautiful backdrop of running water. I got lots of pictures and found out there are nighttime exhibits with impressive lighting. So I'm going to get my blue-eyed cowboy to take me one evening. And the gardens all reminded me of the public parks and gardens that we have in England that we get to go and see for free. But I did love the little pumpkin. Just a moment. Bye. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Hello, I'm back. 
and my guests this week are Tina Smith and Becky Tatrow, eclectic homeschooler somewhere smack in the middle of the continuum between unschooling and school at home. Tina has been a reluctant guest on my show before and admits she is utterly distractible, preferring to dream up big ideas than be found following a schedule. Her friend Becky describes herself as a complete geek mum obsessed with Doctor Who, yeah, a voracious reader and a pretty decent cook who grows amused when she's taken for one of those patient, organized mums who seems to have everything under control. Together, they host a weekly podcast called Savvy Homeschool Mums, where they encourage others along their homeschooling journey. Welcome, Tina. Welcome, Hi. Becky. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, we're glad to be here. Who's that, <laughs> Tina? That's Tina, yes. Sorry. That's <laughs> Tina. Okay, so Becky, where did you get that last name? I know you got it from your husband, so really, where did he get it from? What a great name. Actually... Actually, that last name is my father's. Oh, right. Um, and actually, he um, is Native American, or was, he's passed away now, but he's Native American and French, so it's a French last name. French, okay. I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that sounds French, but I'm going to check before I say that. Okay, <laughs> good, good, because I'm glad, because I, I didn't think to pronounce it that way. So um, Yeah, you actually pronounced it perfectly. I was shocked. <laughs> did I? Oh, good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, okay, so you're both well. And um, I want to talk to you mainly about your show, but we have a little bit of a, a build-up towards that because obviously you're homeschoolers, and yep. I want to hear a little bit about um, the homeschooling and why you thought homeschooling podcast. Okay, so how did those two um, come together? So whoever wants to go first, you can. You're, you're good at working that out because you <laughs> co-host a show. So. Well, well, you you go, go ahead, Becky. Tina. Yeah. All right. Go, Tina. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Well, as far as why we started, why I started homeschooling, I'll let Becky tell you hers. <laughs> um, I knew I was going to homeschool before I even conceived my first child. <laughs> I, uh, I, I know we talked about it on the last episode that I was on, but probably people haven't listened to that. So, <laughs> some people. Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, I actually used to work at a, at a very alternative school. That was preschool through, I think it was third grade at the time, and I got to see what what education could look like, and so it kind of put that idea in my head, and then I worked in a program that was an outdoor education program out here in California, and um, so I just had all these great ideas in my head, and then I sub. I substitute taught when I was, um, before I got, was pregnant with my first child. And I was like, there's no way my kids are going into that system. So, um, so yeah, I started researching it, um, before I even conceived. (laughs) So that's how I came upon it. And I just really like everything about the freedom to be able to do education the way I want to do it. Cause there's pretty much nothing about public education that I agree with other than the fact that somebody else does it for me. Yes. <laughs> there's nothing about the system or the environment that I want for my kids. So. Well, somebody else can be held accountable for what your children do or do right. not know. Right. <laughs> right. Well, right. I, I spoke a little bit about that in the um, opening and I realized that it's not just me because my kids also went to college and they're still coming out with some weird stuff that makes me think what yeah <laughs> <laughs> who the heck taught uh-huh. that you know so i think it has an awful lot to do with what's going on inside their heads too so you can tell about yours you tell us your little bit okay well i um actually have an older son who uh, went to the public school system um he's 21 years old now and he lives in portland mm-hmm. and um 
I actually didn't know anything about homeschooling until I met Tina and um, some of the other moms around here in Fresno. And I thought to myself that this sounds like the perfect thing because when I was in public school, I was in trouble a lot because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a very low tolerance for boredom, as do my children. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want them to be bored. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I'm very selfish. And when my kids had those aha moments, like they figured something out, I wanted to be the one that was there with them, not oh, some yeah. public school teacher who's going to pass them on again the next year, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and so by homeschooling, I'm able to, uh, at least to a point, control the boredom levels. And also, I'm there when, when they have those aha moments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a little nephew who constantly complains about being bored. And I look around and I think, goodness me, you know, a lot of it is you just don't have the imagination to get out there and use your environment and everything that's around you. And a lot of times, as you say, it can turn into chaos because, I mean, all you've got to do is, you know, sort of watch a child that's bored in your house and they'll start picking up stuff they're not supposed to pick up and writing on exactly. walls and doing all yep. that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you've got the right environment, though, I think, I think boredom can be kind of um, sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. Put it nicely, put it mm-hmm. kindly. Okay, so you both um, homeschool. So you, um, Becky, have two children that you homeschool. Tina has two children they homeschool. Are they about the same age? Pretty they're close. very close in age. Yeah. 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 And, and they're friends? Yes. Good. yes. good, good, good. A lot of times, though, you can be friends with the mom. And I know with my children, they couldn't stand some of the children. Yes. <laughs> They go, oh, mom, do we have to go over there again today? Or have to just be nice, you know. Well, I've I've been very lucky that my kids are are friends with most of the kids of my friends. So, well, good, good. All right, so we've we've established that, and now we, um, I, I want to find out whose idea was the podcast, and how did the other mom get roped in. That would be me. That was the idea person, as, as Becky will say, is seems to be always the case. <laughs> I'm like yeah, the. She uh, comes up with the scenes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's she's known me since she was pregnant with her her middle child, uh, who's uh, what ten now, I guess. Ten, yeah, yeah, and um, and I am always coming up with some kind of a scheme. <laughs> so I, I think I texted you one day or something. I think and said, hey, or, or on Facebook, what about doing yes. a podcast? <laughs> So, but I got the idea from, um, I was actually, I've been actually really into podcasts in the last year or so, listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, which of course is what brought me to you, Vivian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I found, you're the, yours was the first homeschool podcast that I found, actually. Yeah. And then I found there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot more, actually, <laughs> especially at the time. But um, I was listening to a, a mommy podcast called Manic Mommies. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's really super popular. But it's two working moms. Who's mm-hmm. got, whose kids are in school, and it's a fabulous podcast. It's just that, you know, there's very little in their – well, there's actually a lot, surprisingly, in their lives that I can relate to because a lot of it's <laughs> universal. But the whole working aspect and the kids in school problems and such, I, I kept thinking, gosh, this would be absolutely perfect if these were two homeschooled moms, homeschooler mm-hmm. moms. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was on your show at some point during that time, and then I was like, you know, that wasn't so hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I started thinking and thinking, and that's always the downfall of me. <laughs> the thinking and thinking, and I'm like, you know what? I could do this, but I don't think I could do it by myself. I need another person to bounce this off of. I, don't, I always figured there's no way I could do a podcast because I was thinking of doing it on my own. I'm like, who wants to listen to me? You know. Then I realized <laughs> Becky would be the perfect person to have a conversation with because she's quirky and funny and weird like me. <laughs> and so I just asked her, and she was like, mm, okay. <laughs> well, that was good. So, Becky, did you really think okay, or did you think, oh, <laughs> oh, this is just another one of her schemes? Probably won't last long. I'll just say yes. It'll be, you know, it'll die in a few weeks. <laughs> the truth comes well, out. <laughs> well, actually, you know, Tina and I have have done a, a, a quite a few things together, and all of them, to some degree or another, have been fairly successful. So, <laughs> I thought, why the heck not? You know. Yeah. And so, as as some one of you said that. She is the seed. So I think that was you, Becky. So, Becky, perhaps you do the watering and the nurturing and keep the idea going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's more yeah, organized so, yeah. than I am. <laughs> yeah. So take, so take, she always says take that. <laughs> she always says that. <laughs> well, listen, so one of you, I'm really impressed. I love the show notes. One of you does that. Who does that? That's Becky. That's what I do. Oh, Becky, that's I, you. I am okay. in charge of the show notes, yes. <laughs> Well, but you, you, had said, you said in your bio that you weren't really good at writing, you were better at speaking. So, you know, I thought from that that perhaps Tina did that, but, you know, nope. it's, it's, it's kind of long and, and organized. So um, I'm not surprised yeah. that Becky does it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have this, this, uh, this two-step process that I go through. We, have, we build our show notes before every show. Mm-hmm. And Tina and I both are very um, careful about making sure it stays very organized before the show. So mm-hmm. that way, um, during the show, we know exactly what we're going to talk about. But also, when the show's over, all I have to do is add in any extra things that we talked about that we hadn't planned about before. Yeah. And then I use those show, the show notes to build the ones that I then post onto the website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so, actually a pretty um, simple so process. So how do you come up with with the format, with the content, so that each week you have something a little bit different or new and you're not repeating yourself every week? <laughs> That's kind of funny, isn't it, Becky? <laughs> it is, it is. You go ahead, Tina, you explain that. Uh, well, well, we always mean to talk about it ahead of time, and my plan has always been to like start the show notes like right after the last show and take notes throughout the week as we think of things, but that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about, oh, I don't know, two or three hours before we're going to record. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one of us will come up with something, oh, hey, we could talk about this. <laughs> and then it just works. So far, it's worked. <laughs> well, you know, it looks as though you do a lot of research and you, yeah. you know, because you've got all of these, um, you know, sort of wonderful places that we can go to on online and books that we can read and, you know, just, just a lot of, of stuff that I think to myself, oh, my gosh, they do a lot of research, you know, to sort of, or is this just day-to-day as you happen upon stuff, you kind of go, oh, we can talk about it. Well, I know you've said three hours before the show, but the stuff must be lurking inside your head during the week. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, right. And a lot of it is, <laughs> right. Go ahead. And a lot of it, too, is also um, stuff that we've already researched for ourselves in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Or something we've already thought about or, or you know, something we've already done some work on so that yep. way we can add you know at that point we just have to flesh it out a little bit more to be able to add it to the podcast yeah, right yeah yeah well i, I i'm really because i'm a great reader and both mm. of you are great both of you are great readers and yep. I, I it was funny your um band book list 
I mean, there is a band called Blister out there. I didn't yeah. even know about this, and I actually went and found the 100 banned books for 2011. And, you know, I'd read a third of those books without even, you know, I mean, now I've read more because I deliberately go there and say, okay, well, that sounds good. That sounds good. Books. So um, you've got something similar to that on your, on, you know, you mentioned that too. So, um, well, we're getting ready to go on a break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about your content and your research and your organization and how you decide who does what. Okay. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where all biz talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Okay, we're back, and I'm talking to Tina and Becky, who co-host a podcast called Savvy Homeschool Moms. And we were talking about content, and um, I want to ask you about your sponsors. I noticed you have some sponsors on there. How did you do that? I'll let you talk about that, Becky. 
<laughs> okay. Well, um, it started out that um, when we started the podcast, we had decided we wanted to, you know, try to find some sponsors, of course, to be able to maybe make this into something profitable. And I thought to myself, who would I, who would we want to sponsor? And my first thought was <clears throat> the curriculum that we use with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to make the most sense. It's what we knew the most about. And so um, our big sponsor, Moving Beyond the Page, is actually the curriculum I use with my daughter. And I just contacted them, and I said, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I feel about your company, that I would like to work with you. And would you be interested? And thankfully, they came back and said yes. Well, and great. so that that worked out really well for a first try. So it made it yeah. easier to go in and speak to other places and say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Would you like to be involved? Yeah. And so far, yeah. pretty much everybody has been positive. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, yeah, it, that reminds me of somebody, a couple of curriculum companies that I contacted when I first started doing this show. And I had used their stuff for years and all my friends used their stuff. And they just wouldn't, they, they didn't, they weren't interested. They didn't want to come on my show. So the two curriculum companies that I have regularly on my show are lucky because I'm not going back to those curriculum companies and saying, hey, listen, I've been out there for three years now. You know, I'm pretty successful now. Are you sure you don't want to come on my show? Because they just missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, really. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just think that's really snotty, don't you? Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are not really realizing, like a lot of people don't even know what a podcast is. So <laughs> they probably just are not aware of the of the, the reach that that can have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I said radio show. They wouldn't oh, yeah. understand what a radio <laughs> show is, wouldn't they? Maybe it was my English accent. Maybe they didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now, so you do your podcast, but you don't have anybody doing anything for you. You do it all yourself, don't yeah. you, both yeah. of you? Um, what do you use uh, to record yourselves? Actually, that was actually our official first sponsor. <laughs> oh, Power Grammo. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Say it again. That. What was it? Yeah, um, so I actually, um, I, well, to backtrack a little, I learned about podcasting mainly from the School of Podcasting, which is mm-hmm. schoolofpodcasting.com, which I have to give a little plug for him because Dave Jackson is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there's a couple of different podcasting gurus out there, and there's probably many more um, podcasts out there, but I just really liked him because he was very approachable, and I could mm-hmm. email him all my questions and talk to him, and he actually had me on his show at one point because I had a good question that he thought. and. Anyway, so he, oh, I went to him when one of the um, Skype recorders that I tried out, the one that everybody always says is a great one to use, which is called Pamela, didn't work for me for some reason. Actually, it worked for me, but for some reason it would not acknowledge that Becky was on the line. Oh. <laughs> it didn't like me. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that was about, but yeah. it would not work. And it was a really cool, snazzy interface, super easy, and I was really disappointed, but it just wouldn't acknowledge that she was on this, like, no call. I'm like, yes, there is. I'm talking to her right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Dave, and I said, Dave, what do I do? I can't get this to work. And he recommended Paragramo, mm-hmm. um, since I couldn't afford to get a, a portable recorder, yeah. and um, which is what they all recommend, but we still don't have the money for that. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I went to Power Grandma and I said, I don't have the $35 to buy this right now. Um, would you guys be willing to give me a code so I can download it from your site and we'll mention you on the show mm-hmm. and put you on our website? And I said, sure. <laughs> so, oh, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, great, because I've got Power Grandma written down because I have never heard of them because I use um, the Mac version of Pamela, oh, which right. is just called Call Recorder. 
and I use right. it on my Mac and it's, and it works really well. So yeah. very easy. Yep. So funny you should say that, but I'm glad that you found Power Grammar, but you also okay. edit your own stuff too. Using, I do. You, you, yeah. I use Audacity. That's all Tina. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Tina. And Audacity, people have said to me, Audacity is really user-friendly. And I took yeah. one look at it and I went, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who the user is, I suppose, <laughs> what, your, what your experience has been, like what you understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's user-friendly for those people that know what they're doing. Well, I, I didn't know anything about it initially. I had to go on, on online. Anytime I'm trying to figure out how to work anything, because, you know, I do websites as well. And so whenever I'm trying to figure out how to work a program or whatever, I just go to YouTube, look for tutorials, and yeah. find websites. That, and there's information all over the place. You can find out anything about anything. So I just taught myself from reading other people's. And if I find a, a tutorial that doesn't make sense to me, I move on to another one so, <laughs> until I can well, figure it out. Yeah, that's that's great because there is there are other things out there. Um, what what do you so you record for an hour? Does it is it just a straight hour? Do you take breaks? Nope, no breaks. So, no break. So, that, Unless so that's I can't an interrupt hour. Us. So you do that yeah. for an hour, usually yeah. on a Sunday. And then how long does it take about for you to edit it and get it up? Well, it, <laughs> it, sometimes the show is over an hour. It just it kind of depends on how our content fills out the show. So it's not always strictly an hour, but and sometimes it's un, under an hour too. But and especially like if we if we screw up and I have to cut a bunch out, <laughs> but which doesn't happen that often, luckily. But. Um, so the show kind of varies between, you know, like 50 minutes to like an hour. I think our longest is like an hour and 25 minutes or something like that. But um, but uh, we um, edit the show um, afterwards, and I forgot where my train of thought was going. Sorry. Yeah, I was asking you how long does it take for you to edit oh, and get Oh, yeah, it thank you. This is my ADD brain that can't contain information long. <laughs> um, it takes, you know, uh, probably I would say an hour and a half or so, maybe longer, depending on how long the show ended up being, to go through with the first edit and just pull everything out that shouldn't be in there and just do the first run-through. And so I run through it one time, and I had to sit there and listen to the whole thing, and oftentimes I have to back up a bunch of times to figure out how I'm going to edit it. Um, so that can take, you know, maybe even as much as two hours sometimes. And then I down, I, I export it and send it to, to Dropbox so that Becky can use it, go listen to it to pull off any of the extra notes that we um, – uh, you know, the things that we talked about that weren't in our notes. And then after that, I don't know, maybe another hour or so. I, I never really timed it, but because then I have to stick on the intro clips and I have to record one of our children doing the in this episode part and one of our children does the um, episode number. And mm-hmm. then I have the recorded bits of them saying the welcome and whatever, the things that don't change week to week. I just save those same bits and re- redo those, and I mix them up every week. I have a little chart that I to rotate the children so we don't have the same child doing the same part every week. <laughs> oh. Well, that's a great idea. That's a great yeah. idea. So um, do you do it together in the same room, or how do you, how do you record? No, no, we'll go ahead, Becky. You can answer that. Uh, we, we actually do it um, via Skype. So yeah. I'm sitting in my dining room um, doing it, and Tina is in her computer room doing it at her house across town, mm-hmm. and um, we just record through Skype. Yep, and yeah. pray that nothing breaks, or, or you know, because the internet can sometimes be wonky. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know, and, I know. And my, I, 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 I my desktop is, um, is often buggy. Okay, so, so well, it probably takes you um, so several hours to get yeah, to get a definitely. show up and running, and um, that's 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 impressive that you do the whole thing yourselves. Because I've listened, and you have music, and you have these little kid voices, and you have your beginning <laughs> and your ending, and you know, it sounds it sounds really good, and uh, you're doing well. 
Yeah, it seems Thank to you. be it's taken off. We get emails and comments and Facebook messages fairly regularly saying how much they love our podcast, so we seem to be doing something right. And you just <laughs> advertise it using Facebook and Twitter and Yeah, well yeah. both of us are on a lot of online communities. Becky, you're on a whole bunch still, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, and I, I have it in. It's in my signature on everything, and then I also have it on my blog. So you know, it, it's getting out there. We're getting a lot of listeners. I, I last month, I believe we had uh, over five thousand four hundred downloads. Yep. Gosh, that's wonderful. So that's wonderful. We were pretty pleased with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And you know, because there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of homeschoolers out there, and as you said, only a few homeschooling podcasts, lots of bloggers, but not really that many, but, you know, compared to podcasts, there are are a lot of bloggers. Um, Doesn't take quite so long, I suppose. Um, All right. So we've talked about your show. And um, one of the things that you mentioned on one of your, I think it was a recent show, you you talked about um, tidal homeschooling. What's that? Oh, you know, Becky's probably better at explaining that. Tidal homeschooling is a um, it's a phrase that was made up by um, <clears throat> Melissa Wiley, and it um, talks about how in homeschooling sometimes um, the tide is in, which means that you're you're actively engaged and you're you're planning for your children what they're going to learn and you're you're kind of in charge of everything. And then sometimes the tide is out, and you let your children kind of just walk along the seashore and see what they find that they're interested in, and you let them follow their own bliss for a while. And it's kind of a way to, to make a, a nice balance between an unschooling sort of thought and a, and a more uh, structured schooling thought. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know for me personally, when I first started um, homeschooling, the idea of unschooling was a terrifying thought. It's like there's no way in the world that could possibly work. I know that this isn't going to work. But at the same time, I wanted to build time in for my children to be able to follow their own bliss. Mm -hmm. So by using title schooling and allowing those times when they can just do what they want to do, it helps keep the entire ship going the right direction Mm -hmm. and everybody still being happy being aboard. Yeah. Yeah, no, that 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 sounds um, sort of similar to what there are some homeschoolers that are you know pretty structured, and there are some homeschoolers that are really not structured at all, and just like that middle of the road doing some structure. Because I I did that. I I had to take breaks. I blow the children. I had to take <laughs> yeah. breaks. You know, I couldn't constantly be on being an academic. You know, that sure. just wasn't, that just didn't work. And, you know, they didn't like it either. So, um, you know, we would do like six weeks of one thing and then six weeks of something else and take a couple of weeks off here and that kind of stuff. So um, our mm-hmm. tides were erratic, though. <laughs> we should probably mention that Melissa Wiley is a really fabulous children's book author also, if, if okay. people haven't yes. heard of her. <laughs> Melissa that- Wiley. Yeah, she wrote the, was it the Charlotte Years and the, do you know, Becky? The other no, one? I don't know. I'll stop. I, it's, the, it's like the prequels to the Little House on the Prairie series. She wrote about her, Laura Ingalls Wilder's. Uh, oh, yes, that's I, right. Okay. Her grand, great-grandmother grand, great grandmother or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember those. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, she's okay. fabulous. All right. Well, um, we're going to be going on another break here, and I would like you both to come back for about five minutes. Have one other question, and um, just give me just to give me your um, you know sort of your details how we how we can find you and um, how we find your website and how we find your podcast. So, uh, can you both do that? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You have children milling around out there. I have them I'm under penalty sleeping. of death. <laughs> 
question me anything right now. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown, and after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 central on toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Tina and yeah. Becky, I have one question for you. Do either of you wish that you were homeschooled? Yeah, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Beck? Um, well, actually, I said I said yes, but um, yes, I do wish I was homeschooled, but I'm not quite certain I wish it was my mom who did it. Does yeah, that make that's sense? that's what I would say. <laughs> as much as I love my mother, I think we would have killed each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be mine too. <laughs> well, don't you think? You know what? A lot of homeschoolers that that meet us, no, a lot of parents that meet us and find out that we homeschool say exactly the same thing, <laughs> don't they? I mean, that's, so that's if true. you weren't, if you hadn't wanted to homeschool, you may have said exactly the same thing, and yet you're not killing each other, your children and you. True. Uh, well, you haven't been at my house before I've had co- No. <laughs> no, you're you right. You know, two children now. Last year it was. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yes, that's true. Only the two right now. So. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, sort of, I suppose once you commit to homeschooling, once you've decided that's what you want to do and you want to be there for your children and for those lovely light bulb moments, something changes. Yeah, Absolutely. that's possible. I mean, my mom might have might have been able to do it well. I don't know, but knowing her the way I do, I, I don't think everybody's designed to homeschool well. <laughs> no. I think anybody could do it that wants to do it, but there are definitely some people that probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny how you both said that. You both would love to homeschool because I read, I think it was you, <laughs> Tina, who wrote that you don't want tough kids. You want caring, loving, sensitive, happy yes. with themselves in the world kids. Yes. So, because, uh, Tina, you didn't have a great experience at school. You know? No, I didn't. It wasn't horrible. I mean, I, 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 but I didn't enjoy school. And I feel like the childhood should be a lot more enjoyable than what school creates. <laughs> exactly. And did you, Becky, did you go to school in California? I did, actually. Um, in fact, I went, to the, I went to school with the same kids from kindergarten until graduation. Did. <laughs> so weird, huh, Vivian? <laughs> I know. I, I lived in the same house from the time I was 18 months old until I got married. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's see, Vivian and I can't relate to that, right? No, we can't relate to that. But I can re- relate to it as a mom, though, because we yeah. lived in the same house. Our children, my son turned 27 last week. So, you wow. know, we'd be 28 years in the same house. So, you know, Bizarre. and they love they love that fact that they're in the same house. Well, they're not. They've left. But they love yeah. the fact that they can come home to the same house yeah. that they've always come home to. Yeah, it feels good to go home to the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. So you yeah, I have no idea them. what that's like. <laughs> I, for guests who didn't listen to my last show, I grew up all over the world just like Vivian. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But your parents settled down now, haven't they, Tina? They have now, yes. And, mm-hmm. and actually, they've said that if, if I could manage to drag my husband away, but I don't think I will because his whole family's here and he's always lived here in Fresno, but um, that they would follow us. So, <laughs> 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 so they would come and still be in the same town, which I find very comforting because they actually do a, a great amount of childcare for me. So that's nice. <laughs> and those are the perfect people to do it, aren't they, the grandparents? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, they, they might took not the kids the to the fair last the night, and I hate going to the fair, so I was really happy about that. <laughs> oh, you, you've got a fair? You've got a state fair of California going on? Uh, no, it's the county fair. Oh, the county fair, because we have the state fair of Texas going on right now. So. Oh, do you? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to the fair. When you said that, I thought she's in California. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell us where we can find you. Well, our website is savvyhomeschoolmoms.com. Okay. I'll let Becky give the social media since she has to say them every week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, we are also on Facebook, um, Savvy Homeschool Moms on Facebook. We are Savvy Homeschool on Twitter. And um, we're also on Pinterest and Instagram if you want to hear about those. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what those are that some of my listeners might. Well, that's okay. They can find it right on our website, SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So all of that social media is on your main website. Yes. Yes, it is. And, and your main website has all of your show notes on there, has who you are. And do either one of you write a blog? Yes. We, we both, both do. do. You both <laughs> do. And so where those are can be found, what, through your On the site? About pages. On our About. There's an About Becky page and an About Tina oh, okay. page. And okay. all of our links are on there. All of your links are on there. Okay. Well, Tina and Becky, thank you so much for joining me today. We had a fun, fun show. Lots of laughter, lots of talking. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for having us. 
Well, I've been talking Thank to you Tina so much. Smith. I've been talking to Tina Smith and Becky Tatro, homeschooling mums who love to come up with good ideas and run with them. Their weekly podcast, Savvy Homeschool Mums, was inspired by me when I invited Tina to be a guest on my show a year ago, and she <laughs> said, "Oh, that wasn't so bad." She loved it so much she decided she could do it herself. They've built up mm-hmm. a faithful following and are getting ready to record their twentieth show. Yep. Well done, Tina and Becky. You can go to iTunes, search for Savvy Homeschool. You can go to their webpage, and you can go find all of their social media and catch up on their podcasts if you haven't already been listening to them. They talk about books, internet resources, all kinds of ideas, general life at a homeschooler's kitchen table. Thanks so much, Tina and Becky, once again, for joining me. And you have a fabulous weekend. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, as we talked a little bit just there at the end about fairs, um, I can tell you that the state fair has opened here in Texas. It's actually here in Dallas. Um, my Texan and I were talking about how many or few times we've been over the 20-some-odd years that we've lived here. When I was still working, I used to be aware of the fair going on because we sold tickets to it and to the musical that was going on at the music hall for three weeks. This year, it's the Adams Family, just in case you're interested. Didn't even know it was a musical. When I quit corporate America, I lost sight of the fair and hardly ever thought about it unless we had family in town, which happened once, and it happened to be the coldest fair I'd ever known. We went on the large Ferris wheel in North Texas, the Texas Star. Actually, it's the largest Ferris Ferris wheel, and enjoyed beautiful views while my mom watched one of the babies in the stroller on the ground below. I think it was our first daughter, who's now a school teacher and um the texas wheel was about five years old at that time when all the children were of an age that they could remember a serious excursion we took them officially to the fair for a fletcher's corny dog lunch and to ride on the children's rides i remember it as being expensive sleazy and hot except for the time that my parents were there of course we may have looked at livestock and watched a dog show but for the most part i think we just walked around the midway and enjoyed the smells of fried food and my youngest and she was about six at the time, loved being called at by the carnies to try her hand at a game to win a large and gaudy stuffed toy. We went to a couple of the musicals during the fair because they were usually large touring performances, Cats, Phantom of the Opera, Peter Pan spring to mind. One year we went with our youngest to see a boy band in the afternoon heat. There were young girls packed up against the stage. They were being hosed with water and passing out in the heat. And as the children got older, we visited more of the buildings, you know, to see the new cars. We went to JF Kennedy exhibit. We went into the one where they got lots of handmade goods and jams and honeys and that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until the boys went alone that we found out there was an impressive bird show in the band shell, which has its own McNenny family history, actually, not the bird show, but the band shell. My blue-eyed cowboy's mum danced on the band shell stage before the music hall was open, and my cowboy himself played in a band on the stage several times. My oldest daughter, whose memory can be trusted, says she remembers going to the fair twice. But with the combined memories, it seems that we went a whole lot more than just twice. We did take our youngest a few times while she was at home alone with us. But even so, I think in total, we may have been maybe four or five times. But one of those times was just a couple of days ago. And we took nine cans of food so we could enter for two dollars each and we were with our youngest again. And we went to see the bird show for the first time. 
and it's been there for 24 years. Can you believe that? We saw it at the Dallas Zoo a couple of months ago, um, but this was the larger venue there with our zookeeper's son's girlfriend running the show and training the birds. And we were treated to three backstage seats. These are really good seats for the first show backstage. I know that doesn't sound as though they're really good. You know, kind of backstage for a front of house show. Anyway, but we could watch everything going on out front on the video screens in front of us. And we were part of the backstage scramble, which looked very calm. They couldn't risk spooking any of the birds waiting in the wings. Oh, sorry about that. Couldn't resist. We had beautiful close-up encounters with the owl, a red-tailed hawk, and the beautiful crested crane, which is their logo this year. We met the parrot, Keto, who sings Old MacDonald Had a Farm and had a photograph taken with Aurora, a young bald-headed eagle. After the show, we went to see all the birds and met Groucho, an even more talented parrot, don't tell Keto, who has a repertoire of half a dozen songs and has been on the Jay Leno show. He laughs when you laugh. We had fun with that, but found out later he was supposed to get reinforcement, a reinforcement treat when he responds correctly to his cue. He stopped saying hello after a couple of times. No treat, no hello for you. This is definitely a union bird. His laugh was contagious, though, and he laughed on cue every time. Later in the afternoon, we went to see the show again, this time out front, and we were treated to the albino red-tailed hawk flying at great speed from the Texas star Ferris wheel tucked its wings and it's hurtled like a bullet to land on the trainer's arm, which happened to be my son's girlfriend's arm, and eat what seemed to be an awful lot of meat that she had in her hand. One of the hawks did what he was supposed to do and flew down again from the Ferris wheel, but then flew off into the trees. The show was held up for about 15 minutes because some of the other birds could be prey for the maverick bird and they couldn't risk getting them out. And he eventually responded to his trainer's whistle after about three attempts, but not until he'd riled a flock of grackles who thought he was getting a little too familiar with their territory. Between the shows, we did try food. Don't worry, you can't go to the fair without trying the new foods being battered and fried. Our dancer daughter tried the fried guacamole. It was spicy, hot and greasy. I played it safe, had a fried Snickers. Mmm, sweet and gooey. Um, My Texan had a traditional Fletcher's corny dog. When asked later which was her favourite, Dortz admitted the corny dog invented by Carl and Neil Fletcher in their kitchen at home. And it was first brought to the fair in 1942, which makes it, what, 70 years old? And I guess that's all I had time for this week. Wow, it's flown by. That was that fun conversation with my homeschool, savvy homeschool moms. And um, I'm going to the fair again this weekend. I've got another bird show to see. I want to see Groucho live. And we're trying a new church on Sunday too. Apart from that, I think everything else is quiet on the Western Front. I'll be here same time, same place next week on Toginet Radio. I need to say thanks to my handsome husband who believes at love at first sight and my four children. The hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my guests Tina Smith and Becky Tetrow, and you, my faithful listeners. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. And I will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Tuggy.